Hey guys, Bill here. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. This episode, we got to sit down with Mike Skinner of the Kenai Historical Society, and he told me uh, told me about the Battle of the Kenai, which is a battle that occurred quite a while ago, and of all places here on the Kenai Peninsula, and it had a ripple effect that sort of led to the United States being what we are today. And he goes into detail about that, how the war started, why it started, how the battle started, uh, what it led to, and uh, the ripple effects and uh, how we we still feel them today. All right. Also, um, got to give a solid shout out to uh, my biggest supporters, Iron Asylum, located on KB Road. If you are looking for a place to work out, they are certainly a place to work out they have the the best equipment uh, on the peninsula uh from folks like Westside barbell and a whole bunch of other cool gym manufacturers uh texas strength systems all kinds of stuff you got to go in there and uh take a look for yourself if you are looking for a, a gym to work out in that is certainly a gym to work out in. it's open 24 hours a day so if you're struck with like some sudden urge to work out at two o'clock in the morning on a tuesday that's totally cool you are totally fine to work out at two o'clock in the morning at a tuesday uh and crank the music up while you're there i listen to run the jewels or something else like really absurd uh when i'm working out just because uh you can you can crank the music up you can play run the jewels you can play uh rage against the machine hell you can play them both i don't care and and neither does anyone else. Just play the music. All right. Uh, also, 5150 Vapes, located on, uh, well, located in downtown Soldatna, across from the Soldatna City Park. Uh, they have uh, the best selection of uh, vapable juices on the peninsula. They also carry AKCBD, so if you are looking to get into CBDs, uh, AKCBD is a locally made CBD tinkerature. And uh, as far as I know, this is the best price for uh, 1,000 milligrams of CBD on the entire peninsula with 1,000 milligrams clocking in at, I believe, $55. I could be totally wrong. However, if you go in there and you tell them you heard about it on the podcast, they'll they'll give you a super sweet deal. All right, that is 5150 Vapes located in Soldatna. Also located uh, just uh, one door down from 5150 Vapes in Soldatna, Mad Creations Tattoo. Shout out to the crew at Mad Creations Tattoo. John Stocks uh, has some, also some really, really cool t-shirts uh, that he's doing. The one that I'm rocking at this particular moment is of, it's a, a robot tattooing another robot, and I love all of the layers. That's pretty deep, uh, very simple drawing. Anywho, that being said, yeah, that is Mad Creations Tattoo. If you're looking for to get some uh, tattoos done, that is a place you can go get a tattoo done. Uh, and you can find examples of their fine work on Facebook. You can find all of these businesses on Facebook. All right. Now, without further ado, Trap Lord Circuit, take it away. All right, good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. Um, all right, I'm your host, Bill Baker, and I am joined today by Mike Miguel Escanaro. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Seriously, I'm here. I'm joined with uh, Michael Skinner of the one and only Kenai Historical Society. Is that accurate? Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. It's a proper introduction. All right. Where are we sitting? So right now we're sitting on uh, Peter Street 
in Old Town Kenai, uh, very close to Veronica's coffee shop, um, behind the uh, Russian Orthodox Church, and um, just right before the uh, Chapel of St. Nikolai in Old Town Kenai. Kind of loitering. All right. Now, this site that we're at um, specifically is significant. Why? Well, Old Town Kenai is significant because this was a this was a hub for two cultures. One being the Kenaitsi people uh, of Kenai and um, of Kenai history, and then also this is the spot where the Russian um, explorers made contact with the Kenai Peninsula as well as with the um, Kenaitsi native population. And um, where we're sitting right now is actually the, the very location of the little spoken of, little taught lesson uh, that is the Battle of Kenai. And that took place in 1797. Okay. So kind of explain the Battle of Kenai, how that happened, what that was, and um, yeah, just a quick rundown. Yeah. So um, it's 1789. And... Uh, Kenai has been uh, discovered by the native population, and they have they have moved in. Uh, contrary to popular belief, these were not soldiers; these are merchant marines uh, operating underneath Catherine the Great of Russia in part of a eastward exploration, and if they can do it, a discovery of the Northwest Passage. So it's 1789. They have established uh, Fort Fort Saint Nikolai, also known as Redoubt. St. Nikolai, redoubt meaning fort, fortress. Um, they're here and where we are sitting, uh, right at Peter's Street and uh, in this area of Old Town Kenai, 1789, you would have found a, a good-sized fortification. You would have seen uh, a fence with uh, you know tall spruce uh, being carved to the tips just like sharp pencils, uh, creating their first uh, wall right behind that wall. Same thing. So two walls. Um, here there would have been a, a garden, um, a quick like small chapel, and uh, soldiers' quarters. Uh, even though they're not soldiers, they had some barracks that they would have lived in. And yeah, they would have gone about their day um, trying to um, grow crops as well as uh, establish business with the native people. Um, and what they're looking for really is you know, sea otter, seal, the kind of pelts that they can sell, sell back uh, in Russia. So how important was the <clears throat> fur trade at this point? Fur trade was very important. It was the real, real, real driver to um, come to Alaska. Uh, the Russians had been crossing the Bering Strait, known, named after Vitus Bering, and, um, who, who later died. Uh, as an explorer, and they were finding these islands, and they kept hearing these rumors of big chunks of land. A, a Portuguese explorer um, mentioned a, a large, like, subcontinent. He called it Gamma Land. It, it's named after him. And um, so, yeah, they, they don't really know what's out here. They know that the world is not flat, uh, but they keep finding these islands. Some have friendly natives, some don't, but for the most part, they have very good... Um, uh, for for produce business quality, um, and these these furs like a sea otter pelt was getting to be uh, um, around four thousand dollars in today's terms, uh, and even higher than that. 
uh, it really depended on who they were selling it to, which they later they were selling it to the uh, the Chinese um, fur traders. And uh, so yeah, that that was their main purpose for coming to Alaska and for exploring was because of the money they're making is so lucrative. All right. So the reason we're at the spot that we're at is more to do with the Battle of Kenai. So let's yeah. let's talk about that. What uh, what was that? What set that off? So going back, 1789, Fort St. Nikolai. Um, Russian explorers are here. They're here for the purpose of um, gaining fur. The way they do this uh, is not going out and getting it themselves. They're not great trappers. They um, they really don't know what they're doing or how to even do that. Um, so what they're doing is they're having the native people do it. And how do you get uh, able-bodied native men to um, do your work for you? You you take their their daughters and their wives hostage, and um, that's exactly what they did. They um, they had uh, made use of concubines, and they had their own girls that they um, spent their time with, and uh, and and the men would be out there working, hoping that they could get their family members back, and um, secretly hoping that these Russians would leave if not die. So that was uh, 1789. Now 1797 is the year of the Battle of Kenai, where it, when it took place is July actually, and that's um, all that time. The native people had built up quite a resentment over these Russian men, um, and that's when they started to to make a plan, uh, kind of like kind of like Operation Valkyrie, in a way. Um, then the people they started making their own armored, um, making their own armor out of tar, pitch, and uh, rabbit and caribou hide. Apparently, it was very effective, very thick, and still light and durable. Uh, they created weaponry. Again, these people. This is the first time they have ever had to create weaponry. They they weren't warring people, but they created uh, clubs, which they deemed to be far more useful in close quarters combat than a rifle, um, because well, it's a club. And what they did was they made uh, they got a caribou antler and then created a serrated edge on a rock where that at the um, tip of this antler would have been the, the striking point. And if you can picture a caribou antler curves and they're just able to wield that like pros. Um, yeah, so they they're tired of the way they, they're tired tired of the way they had been treated. And um, they waited one night in July of 1797 for the noise to stop. They knew that the Russians liked to drink, um, especially after you know some nice summer day. Um, they waited for the music to stop, for everything to stop, and then that's when they had uh, attacked the fort. They they scaled those two walls and um, went to town. Um, Many Russians uh, were lost during the battle, but so so were the Kanaitsi people. Um, the Catherine the Great, prior to this, had authorized use of uh, cannons, weaponry, um, even for merchant marines, not just for soldiers. So they had two cannons here, propped up and ready to use um, at a moment's notice. And matter of fact, one of the cannons was retrieved in the Old Town area not very long ago. So yeah, that's what happened. They uh, they took over the fort. Um, 
there's a little more complicated uh, uh, like relations between the natives and uh, some of the Russians, like in terms of alliances. But that's for another talk. Um, over 100 men were killed that that evening, and uh, shortly thereafter, the Russians um, made sure to leave. Um, to make a quick mention of who the Russians were, there was the um, two two Russian companies, uh, and I'm forgetting the names of them at the moment, but uh, one of them was the Shelikov, um, and they were two competing companies, and they were, you know, some of them would be a little nicer to the natives so that they can get more out of them, yeah. you know, whether it be food or fur. So um, that's where the alliances come from. But yeah, shortly thereafter, one of the companies had left, and uh, only, and the other company stayed for a, a small time later. And by the time Alaska was purchased, there were only 25 Russians here in Kenai. And from what I understand, they were very, they they learned their lesson. Um, so I think it was Alexander Baranov who moved the main hub. Main hub being Kenai. I mean, this was the, where the Russians wanted to stay. This was their vacation, a retirement co- home community. They wanted this to be uh, the capital of Alaska. That so would, hypothetically, this would have been Juneau. Yeah, this would have been the capital of Alaska um, had there not been a large attack. And according to Baranov, because of quote hostile natives, uh, we were forced to move to, to Sitka. Um, if, if they would have stayed here, it's likely that Alaska would not have been purchased by the United States because uh, the Russians would have learned a great deal more about how, uh, how much they could get out of this, out of this place. They, they, they didn't know about the agricultural opportunities that are here. Um, they knew about the gold, actually, but uh, for those who don't know, Russia also had a post in California called Fort Ross. And um, while there, and uh, also to keeping an eye, to keeping an eye on the Spanish explorers uh, in the same state, um, they observed the the gold rush, the 49ers. They saw the chaos, destruction, and all that gross stuff that comes with gold mining, and they knew that it could happen in Alaska. So they just kept that quiet. They knew it was there. They could capitalize on it whenever they wanted, and uh, they didn't. But Going back to Kenai, yeah, this was where they um, wanted to... There, there are a couple of factors that I, I really kind of want to go back to. So let me just say, like, I, I went to Juno last year with my son. I freaking hate Juno. Juno is a terrible place. I and mean, I don't think that your leadership should ever be in a place where you can't see them. That's another topic as well. Mm. But this... Uh, this place that, that we're in right now could have been, I don't know, the capital of what is known as Alaska. All right, the, the, we are recording, by the way. Again, we're in Old Town Kenai, so I'm not 100% sure what those folks are screaming about. Um, and there are birds yapping. I don't want anyone to think that I was getting excited when uh, when Mike was talking about concubines and stuff. That was totally a bird. Mike, wasn't that a bird? And me just being a creeper. Yeah, it was something. I don't, I don't know what it was. Thank God it was maybe in a creeper, as long as we're clearing that up. All right, but it goes. Um, so if not for the Battle of Kenai, hypothetically speaking, we we could um, we could not be in the 49th state. We could be we could be in Russian territory right now if the Battle yeah. of Kenai hadn't happened. Yes, um, you know there's the most uh, the highest number document documented number of Russians ever being in Alaska at one time was uh, 823. 
very few. They never went inland. Only, you know, mostly coastal people just uh, checking things out and setting up forts and moving along. Uh, they depleted the the sea otter and um, seal pelt industry and began selling uh, ice to California. I know that sounds weird. What are you talking about? But uh, they were ice mining. They were cutting big chunks of ice off of glaciers. They saw the gold rush going on, and they would bring these huge chunks of ice. So they were even doing that. They were making more money ice mining than um, with the fur industry, um, and that kind of led to the decision to well, go back to, to ice mining. Yeah, yeah. It was just like another side gig. Like, oh, we can we can make money off of fur. Great. Oh, we can make money off of ice. Yeah, we can do that. And um, but it just goes to show you that there is plenty of opportunities to make money, but also um, without them staying here, i.e., looking into the gold industry or what later the petroleum industry uh, and many other industries. Um, without knowing that they um, or without excuse me without getting into that. Um, type of business they could have easily stayed here discovered more and more about this state and um, this could have been a great Russian colony but uh, because of that battle of Kenai this really um, switched the opinions of the native people excuse me of the Russian people um, towards the native people and uh, you know they, they moved to Sitka and uh, there's the battle of Sitka shortly after um, to where 20, 20 Russians died during the battle and what's interesting about that battle is there was an American ship off the coast that just watched it. And so they documented the whole thing. Um, so. Okay. I, I had no idea that the Battle of Kenai was really that that significant to uh, to American history. Thank you very much for sharing that with me. Yeah. All right. So what is... Um, what is the next step? What is the next thing that uh, you, you want to dive into and kind of explore about uh, Kenai and its history? Hmm. Well, there's there's a lot. Three pillars. That being one one of those being the native um, native people, the Russians, and then of course the good old Americans coming to save the day. Um, I'd have to make that decision later and. <laughs> um, come up with a good a good topic because there's a whole lot of a lot of cool things to talk about alaska you just didn't learn about in school there's no real all you see about alaska on tv is it's nothing no basis with reality um there's a lot of cool stuff a lot of interesting facts about alaska and kenai history um and yeah i guess i'll have to tell you some more as time goes on all right now, one of the things that we've kind of discussed and we'll get into a little bit later is Edie and her history on the peninsula. And that's a really interesting history and that folks are just going to have to kind of stay tuned for. Yeah, Edie was Miss Kenai. Uh, she, you wouldn't think of a stripper or a prostitute or the owner of a, a, brothel, a, owner of a brothel to be um, a real keystone and uh, the foundation of this town, Kenai. And I'll leave you at that. Well, I think that when you talk to some of the older folks around here, it's the interesting thing is that that's really embraced as this sort of pirate. This this pirate uh, in in our community kept the uh, kept the engine moving for so long. Or if nothing else, uh, her business was the lubricant that that kept everything going. Yeah, and if you talk to some of the old timer old timers, they have uh, nothing but good things to say about it. But they also say, yeah, 
we knew what was going on but it was none of our business and no one was getting harmed and she was just such a lovely woman yeah all right so we'll talk about that another time we'll get some uh, some more interviews and we'll talk to some more experts on the subject all right mike's thank uh, thank you so much for your time if folks are interested in uh, the history of old town kenai and the history of the kenai peninsula how do they reach out to you uh if they want to learn more about alaska um kenai uh yeah they could they could contact me at the kenai visitor center and if they want to go even further they can contact me at the Kenai Historical Cabin Park in Old Town Kenai next to the Art Center. All right. Thank you very much for your time and uh, have a great day. Afternoon. You got it.